Hey there, everyone! My name's Jack Backard. I'm a semi-professional video game enjoyer here for The Escapist. Hello, I'm Nick Lindra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. And today we're going to be talking about the games we've been playing and news, kind of like we do every week for this show. Get on board with it. <laughs> it's This isn't a new thing anymore. So hello and welcome. This is The Escapist Show. You didn't forget it this week. I know, I, <laughs> I saw that. Okay, so Nick, what have you been playing last week? All right, uh, I'm still working through Dragon Quest XI. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. actually kind of getting into the groove of it. and um, I didn't know if I was going to stick with it last week, but now I'm, I'm you know, playing it a few hours at, at a time each day and uh, making pretty good progress with it. What I'm really liking about it... Um, you know, I kind of wanted, I said I wanted to get back to like a kind of that nostalgic era of games. Yeah. Uh, and it really reminds me of playing through Pokemon Emerald for the first time, like that sense of adventure and mystery and wonder. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And uh, if you actually check the stats of the game, there's like 457 different monsters in the game to fight. So the, the thing that's working really well with this game um, and why it's not like feeling like a, a long slog of an open world game is because like you go to all these different locations in very quick succession. Mm. So like you go to a location, you do your quest, you move on. You go to location, do your quest, move on. It's not stagnating. It's always keeping things moving forward, which I really really like. It's a really good progression uh, in that game. And you're in you know as you're leveling up your characters, you're mm -hmm. you're constantly finding new gear, or unlocking new abilities, and, and the combat kind of gets more and more complex as you go. So it really is like a Pokemon game in that style. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really... think Dragon Quest fans will agree with you. <laughs> the, the gameplay is, the gameplay is a lot like Pokemon. And I actually think Pokemon, like Game Freak, can learn a lot from how Dragon Quest is set up in the next Pokemon games on Switch. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, I, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I, I uh, caved, as I said, I wouldn't on the Steam sale. <laughs> <laughs> that some of the deals were too good to pass up there's, so I, there's so many deals nick you gotta buy them you yeah gotta buy them while well, you can. I, I, um, I you know i picked up a bunch of games that i uh wanted to try and didn't want to spend full money on in case mm -hmm. i didn't like them but so i picked up both pillars one and two pillars of eternity one and two sure uh, i picked up nino kuni two in case i liked the first game the second game was like 75 percent off and it's still 60 bucks so Ooh, why not gotta get it when it's that good a deal yep uh i picked up life is strange too because i really enjoyed the original life is strange mm -hmm. and then I, I also picked up uh, i can hardly say the name of it but it's a chinese action rpg called gujani or something like that mm. guhani i think it's guhani is what i'm gonna assume it is but it literally looks like the witcher 3 in, in china mm. okay and, uh, and the whole reason i picked that up was because like three or four months ago Marcin Wilmot, who is the PR director for CD Projekt Red, was playing through the game and tweeted out these some fat, these fantastic looking screenshots of the game, and like instantly is like, "Whoa, that looks cool! I need to try that." So it was like ten. It's usually like a forty dollar game. I got over ten bucks. Nice. I think that's all I picked up. And the only other thing I've been doing is uh, I think I'm going to start up my own podcast now uh, as a developer interview series on the Escapist. Ooh. So if you have naming ideas, leave them in the comments. If you pick one, maybe I'll give you a free game. I'll call it Nick's Pick. Yeah. Nick's Pick. Nick's Picks. 
I don't know about that. Sounds a little, little bit odd. <laughs> Nick picks. <laughs> I feel like that's something I'll get canceled over. <laughs> oh, I meant like picking your nose. Oh, that's probably worse. <laughs> what have you been playing? You, did you finally find the correct Kingsfield? I finally found the correct Kingsfield because <laughs> uh, any a lot of people commented the Kingsfield I was playing while it's called Kingsfield One which was released in Europe and the US, was actually Kingsfield 2 in Japan. Kingsfield 1 is only available via like abandoned wear, shareware sites because it has never left Japan. I found uh, a copy of it. I haven't played it yet, but I found a copy and a PlayStation emulator as, while in general I'm, I'm against emulation and piracy, this clearly falls under the realm of abandoned wear. And so I'm going to be okay. Uh, actually, there's a lovely fan translation of it. Uh, so I'm going to be getting into Kingsfield. No, I've been slogging my way through The Last of Us 2. Ah, how are you enjoying it? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's the same game. It's yep. the exact same game. It's I, I don't I, Anyone who tells you that it's any different than the first game is lying. It is the exact same pretty, game. Pretty sure I said it, it was for you to be the same, but more. Oh yeah, no, and I mean it is. It's the it's this it's nothing except for this time you don't have to put the uh, pieces of wood in between buildings. So it's changed a little bit. And you can go prone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Um, but you know, I've been I've been doing a little experiment, Nick. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not done with it yet. I'm only about eight hours in. Um, and for me, eight hours, that's probably like for you, for you, that's only like four hours, but I'm a very slow (laughs) gamer. I have obsessive compulsive tendencies, so I need to find all the stuff, even though I hate playing the game, but (laughs) I've been doing a little experiment with the game. Yeah. All right. This was something uh, I was talking about with Yahtzee, either during a slightly civil war podcast or during a live stream or something where you and me and Yahtzee, we play games differently than your average person because playing games is our job. We play games for very long stretches. We try to play games quickly so we can talk and write and make videos about them. Mm. And I wondered if that skews our perspective of a game. For example, like getting through an eight hour chunk of The Last of Us for me is very infuriating because nothing much happens in the game, but what if you only got to play it a couple hours every night? Would that change the experience for you? It, playing it in small chunks over a couple of weeks might make the game different for people who don't do this for a living. And so right. I am trying a little bit of that. Obviously, I still, you know, I have time. And so it's like I'm playing larger chunks than most people would, but I'm trying to pace myself to see if the experience is any different. Are you also, are you playing with like all the assists turned off and everything to make it more, more challenging? Um, no, not necessarily. Cause uh, the game, the, the shooting gameplay was never really an issue for me. My, my issue is all about yeah. story pacing. Um, and whether or not I change the gameplay, you know, make it harder, make it easier to shoot people, that's not going to change how they pace out the story. And they seem to have gotten crazier with the pacing. <laughs> like, so that was my biggest complaint. 
I I haven't even gotten to like section B of the game yet, and the ways in which they implement the flashback scenes make no logical plot or act sense. The way the order in which things have happened don't really make a lot of sense yet. I haven't finished it yet, obviously, but yeah. Um, well, so I was actually. You know, I don't. I didn't really. I don't want to talk too much more about the Last of Us Two right, right now or Part Two right now. But uh, I actually kind of listened to Yang Ya's uh, forty-five minute review of it, where he broke down like thirty-eight minutes of it. I think it was like spent on the story mm. criticisms and everything. And actually, like his whole critique, like really lined up with what I really think about the game, and he just worded <laughs> it much better than I ever could, probably. So I, it was kind of it was fun listening to that because I'm like, yeah, that's those are all things I was thinking while I was playing, and you know, I didn't know if I was just thinking those things, and um, you know, it really seems like you know, I don't know if you how much you know about Naughty Dog's history, but Bruce Straley was like co-creative director with Neil Druckmann back on the original last of us and left behind dlc and that game feels like somebody said like here's where we need to stop we need to pace this we need sure. to cut this you know right neil Druckmann had somebody coming in mm. and saying no you're not going to do this the last of us part two feels like he just he i mean he obviously had full creative control over it and i feel like nobody said no we shouldn't do this because this breaks the pace of the game and I, once you get to part B, you're really going to feel that. And once you get to the end of the game, you're like, okay. What yeah, the fuck? no, so far, <laughs> so far it's infuriating. I mean, like the video games, narr- narrative heavy video games and movies have a lot of similarities as far as their act structure is concerned. And normally in video games, like, or so normally in movies, you know, you get a short first act, a longer second act, and a short third act. And in video games, that second act is just even longer because that's you know where most of the action happens, and that's okay. The Last of Us Part One has an incredibly long second act where nothing much happens or changes. Here, we're still in the first half of the second act. I'm eight hours in, and we're in, still in the first quarter of the second act with hints at the first act peppered in through the second act to make the second act which already isn't moving even longer yeah well i mean the last was part one works so well because it was a simple story told well right it, no. it was no i don't like the last of us i know you don't like the last of us one right but and the i story, need to make sure the I story the story was well done and it was told in a you know linear path it didn't have all this bullshit going to mm-hmm. flashbacks and all that and like you see how Ellie and Joel develop over the entire course of the game. Part two, like, strips all that. All that development's kind of gone. And, like, so people were roasting me in our last, the last time we talked about the last was part two because I didn't get the message. And right. I was like, no, the message is very clear. My point was that there was no point to the game <laughs> in itself. And once mm-hmm. you, like, and we're not going to get into the spoilers again, but, like, once you get to those last parts, you, I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to think, like, like, what did I go through all of this for? Well, and like, literally, I was ready to not play the game. I know I'm, I should, so I can talk about it, uh, because I do feel like talking about it. But yeah, so far, so far, and you know what, I, ha- I do have, I have one more really harsh criticism of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important, Nick. Um, I'll, I'll make sure I get Omar my footage here. There's one thing that completely breaks the game for me Ellie doesn't have a holster 
<laughs> I saw your tweet about that. <laughs> this is really important, Nick. This is really, really important. Like in, in the first game, Joel's, you know, tucks a gun in his pants. He's a smuggler. He's not necessarily supposed to have a gun. And then his whole journey, he's caught off guard. Yeah, you, you, you stick a gun in your pants. Ellie is a regular enforcer as part of this community. She's going out on patrols. She is a respected member of the community. Yet, while riding on horseback, she still tucks her, her, her gun into her pants. Zero out of ten. Unbelievable game. Don't, don't buy You're it whatsoever. You're the most nitpicky critic there is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As soon as I saw that, anyone with any gun handling experience would go, what, what the hell are you doing? What the, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? While riding a horse, Nick. Unacceptable. Eight hours into the game, I, f I find a, a holster for her second gun, and she's still got one tucked in her pants. <laughs> hey, man. Aesthetic. Dina's <laughs> got a holster out of the gate. Can't give Ellie a holster? Nope. Here's, here's another nitpick. I, and, like, obviously, yes, that, that is a comedic nitpick just for funnies. Here's another uh, nitpick uh, I found myself uh, during that little section where we're going through Joel's house at the beginning of the game. My one thought was, why does Joel have such a big house? Because he can. <laughs> He's a single dude. You tell me, like, there's not another family that could use, like, a big house? He's just one dude. He doesn't need a big house. Hey, man, he saved humanity. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. He doomed us all. No <laughs> one knows that. <laughs> yeah. I, no, anyway, no, that's, that's and that's uh, an even dumber nitpick than Ellie's lack of a holster. <laughs> why agree. doesn't she have a holster, Nick? If I know, man. Why doesn't she have a holster? Anyways, well, I'm excited for you to be finished with it so we can actually dive into the spoilers on it because I know you're going to hate it. I know you and Yahtzee both kind of went, went into it wanting to hate it, but... <laughs> I, I'm trying out a way to play it where I don't hate it. I'm trying to play it in smaller chunks. Yeah. So I don't I, hate it because... Yeah. Here, and here's, here's the other thing, Nick. I I resent the accusation that I go into something wanting to hate it. <laughs> I want to enjoy my time. You know how valuable I think my own time is. True. I never want to have a bad experience. I go into things hoping I have a lovely time. So I resent that. But I'll tell you this. I also have some uh, some pretty high standards to meet. <laughs> well, you, I know you didn't go in with Last of Us Part Two with any hope. So <laughs> no, oh no. I mean, listen, the the writing was on the wall. We, yeah. I, I knew what I was expecting, but I didn't hope that it was bad. Never, I never hoped that something bad. Fine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still enjoyed the game for what it was. Like, I, and that was kind of something I was actually thinking about today too. And uh, it was, I, I think people when critiquing things sometimes are always critiquing what they wish it was or what they wish it wasn't instead of just critiquing it for what it is and i think that's kind of a problem with a lot of like base level media critique nowadays it's like i didn't get what i wanted out of this so it's bad right because people wanted more of like the la joel relationship they didn't get that i'll t i'll tell you i don't here's something i don't understand about joel this was something uh, I heard over, uh, last week on, on Yahtzee's post-ZP stream. Mm -hmm. Is someone called Joel their favorite character in video games? Yeah, he's not supposed to be likable. He's supposed to be relatable, not likable. Uh, he's the bad guy in the first game. <laughs> like, he's, I, don't, I don't think he's bad. I think it's just... I'm, I mean, he just dooms all of humanity, but... 
I don't know. It just, yeah. There's there's a lot of the more I've thought about it, like I said, I would. There's there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of weird decisions. Uh, you know, as much as I know, people don't necessarily like Young A or whatever Young Yeah, whatever you call him. Uh, like his critique of it was pretty damn good. I have to give him I, that. But I don't know who that is. So I. I, that's the first video I've watched. I just as soon as I tweeted it out, I got yelled at for liking one of his videos. So, oh, <laughs> like okay, is he a bad? I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't pay attention to YouTube drama. <laughs> I just watch people's content. If it's good, it's good. Mm. So yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. I've been I've been making my way through and, uh, but but making sure I take breaks. You know, like I'm putting it down. I'm doing other stuff. Picking it yeah, back up again. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot less if I tried to finish it in like one day. I took an entire weekend to play it and I sp- spaced it out. Like I literally yeah. played like day one, day two, mm-hmm. and day three. Yeah, and you know, like I, what I will say, because the the first game I did play at a at a large chunk, I just plowed my way through it. This game, taking my time and making making sure I take breaks, it is a slightly more enjoyable experience. But that also just could be because I'm playing it less. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still figure you, I figure you at least like the the level design's quite a bit better. Um, and everything's not like strategically placed for a gunfight kind of thing. It's a lot more organic. There's no there's no annoying puzzles. You're not far enough into it yet to experience all that, but you'll get there. No, and, and so far, and there's, uh, and there's some like legitimately great combat scenarios in that game. They're like it's just hair raising tension that I loved. And you know, so far, like the combat, like I s- said in the first one, is all right. Every everything about the action sequences is perfectly adequate. Um, I hunker down and choose a spot and just kind of snipe everyone (laughs) and then every more people come to me and i shoot them in the head and more people come to me and i shoot them in the head and and i find the level design frustrating in that like after i get done killing everyone i have some uh obsessive tendencies and so i then go around to every house that i could possibly go to to find all the goodies go to all the dead bodies so there's there's a bigger pacing issue for me yeah one of the one of the interesting things i'm starting to kind of realize about naughty dog is that like i think people overlook a lot of their gameplay flaws because like the technical presentation is always just a step and above everything else out there (laughs) Uh, and and that's and that's not to say i don't like their like i love naughty dog's games i'm not gonna lie like i love the uncharted series i like Mm -hmm. games like that i like the last of us i like the last of us part two i think the one thing naughty dog is really really good at is creating good likable characters part two not so much but like all the other games i've played like sully elena you know uh fuck what's her name <laughs> i forgot his other psych the lost lost legacy character i get like i guess this is it's very strange to me like nathan drake is a is an asshole yeah, I mean, I, I see I, when I play those jo- games, like I, Joel I just is a put aside closed off, selfish monster. Yeah, well, like, like with, with Nathan Drake and all that, I put aside like the ludo narrative dissonance, and like I'm like, it's an adventure game. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not looking to be, you know, it's fun action. That's all I get like out he, of it. He's no, he's a he's a snarky glib action hero. I would not call him necessarily likable. <laughs> I guess is I my, like him. <laughs> that's my. I think he's a fun character, but I mean, like pe- people go into those games expecting like a, and maybe it's because Naughty Dog tries to market as such, like these darker or like deeply reflective stories or whatever, and it's usually very surface level, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's just like Naughty Dog just needs to like say, all right, this is just gonna be a fun, 
action cinematic romp. Go have fun with it. Be done Maybe with it. Maybe we just have a fun game where we have fun. Well, they did saying. make those. Crush Bandicoot. <laughs> they had their time with that. Now they're dark and serious and mature like the rest of the gaming world. Oh, dark <laughs> and serious and mature. Man, that's what we got now. It rains. <laughs> Stab people in the throat. Go from jumping on crates to stabbing people in the throat. <laughs> I've been murdering a lot of people so far. That, that's what maturity means now. Stabbing people in the throat? Jump, going from jumping on crates and heads to stabbing people in the throat. That's how you mature in the gaming world. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see where it goes. Like I said, I'm still relatively early in the game. We'll see. I'm, I'm making notes. I got lots and lots of notes. Let's see what else do we have here. Oh, okay. Ready for another nitpick? No. This is... Here, here's my last nitpick so far. Uh, early, in, in the game, you, you get to Seattle. This is, uh, you know, you're with Ellie and you get to Seattle. And you can go into a bank, right? And you, there's some, like, bank robbers that got caught during the, uh, during the virus outbreak. Very funny. They specifically mention that these bank robbers are wearing body armor. Why not take a body armor? It'll just slow them down. Why not take a bulletproof She's vest? She's already carrying like four guns in her backpack. What is body armor going to do? It's it's a bulletproof vest, you know. I know, but it's going to slow you from her down because shot. you already have four guns in your bag. Yeah, she can jump off roofs with like a shotgun, a sniper rifle, a bow and arrow in her bag. It, this you know. is a lady who is getting shot at constantly. And there's like eight very nice looking bulletproof vests. Just take one. Just take one. Unnecessary. I, She's been shot so many times, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. No, <laughs> yeah. and I'm, that's utter, pure and utter nitpicky bullshit. <laughs> yes. I 100% agree. You're the agree king that. of this stuff. <laughs> you're the king of nitpicky bullshit. That, no, no, uh, and uh, like I have a special, I have a special segment of my notes that's just nitpicky bullshit that I think <laughs> fun. Obviously, does not. Add I feel up like you could create a whole video series of just nitpicky, nitpicky bullshit in video oh, games. Yeah. That should be your next video series. I'm writing that. It one just down. doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But it, like to me, you know, you're getting into the world, and you know, I did really enjoy uh, walking around Seattle and like just roaming around the city. But then you're like, oh, here's something I can use. Why aren't? Why can't I use this? I should be able to use this. Because that's not the experience Naughty Dog wants you to have. Mm. <laughs> that's what they say to you. Yeah, they say no fun for you. All right. <laughs> On to the news! Psych! There's no news, just more talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Spoilers! Big spoilers, we're spoiling all The Last of Us 2, we're talking about every little bit of spoilers, everything. Spoiler, everything. Boop-a-doop-boop-a-doop-boop. No go to this timecode, this is all spoilers all the time, 100%. In the couple of days that we take in between filming the games we talk about and the news we talk about, we discovered there's not a lot of news happening right now. And I finished The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us Part 2. Oh boy. So, why not just talk about it, super spoiler talk, all the spoilers <laughs> all the time. I know how it ends now, and so I can contribute to our conversation. Look at that. Let's, let's hear your take on the ending, so that viewers can tell you you're wrong. Just like me. Okay, <laughs> so, so here's how it goes. So like... Obviously, like, so much of this discussion is going to be about the story because the gameplay in The Last of Us Part Two is very simple. It's gameplay you've played a hundred times before. It's stealth, cover-based shooting with slightly less bullets, right? Not a yes. lot to go on there. 
So we're going to talk about the story. Um, and, and I think that the story does have some interesting parts, but I also think those parts were cocked up beyond Thunderdome. So, Nick, I think it's really neat. The idea, the thought, the concept of telling a story, the same story from two different perspectives. That's a really neat idea. Yeah, I, I did like that part of it because it showed like Abby and Ellie's like parallel paths and basically how Abby's right. on her path of redemption, if that's what you want to call it, or maybe finding her humanity and then sure. Ellie, you know, in parallel, just descending farther and farther into darkness the entire game. Exactly. And that's all shown, and, like, through the imagery of the game and the symbolism, like when she kills Nora in the super dark and red, you know, hallway like that. And I thought that was really cool and well done. No, and, you know, there's actually, there there's a ton of, like, peppered in parallels. You know, both of their stories start with children. Mm. Uh, you know, Ellie has the little snowball throwing segment with the kids and Dina. Uh, Abby has, like, the pregnancy with her friends. Uh, and actually, Abby's start of her real story has, like, a pregnant zebra. So, like, there's even... There's there's a lot of family parallels. There's also, like, the, uh, the parallel with, like, Abby and Joel going to the museum with dinosaurs and Abby and Owen going to the aquarium with the giant whale, going someplace with a loved one. You know, it's right. all about family, right? Let's see here. Uh, but we, we get uh, both of them are in uh, adult smooching situations, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> see, I, uh, I um, and wait, one more parallel. And they both vomit in the aquarium when they kill the pregnant lady. So. <laughs> okay. Just parallel. All right. Yeah. No, I, um, I've had some. Obviously, we talked about this two weeks ago and I've, I've had time to finally now go back and uh, watch you know more reviews and read more opinions on it and I kind of mm. like feed into my own opinions about the game and I think sure. um, when we were talking about it the first time you know people were saying that I missed the point of the game and then that mm. like Ellie grew as a character and, and all this stuff and uh, I'm actually curious for your thoughts like now that you've seen the ending do you what did you feel did you do you agree with me that like there was no point to her journey not to the game or to the story just to her journey there was no point by the end of it um okay so does her journey have a point um uh, actually I have something about this right mm -hmm. kind of like I was talking about before about all of that like family setup all of the parallel setup none of that matters to Ellie, right? Like Ellie Ellie kills a pregnant lady and seems pretty shook up about it, but then still wants revenge against Abby. Even when Abby lets pregnant Dina go, Ellie still wants revenge against Abby. Even when Ellie has an idyllic life, she still wants revenge against Abby. Even when even when Ellie saves Abby and Lev from the, the rattlesnakes, the rattlers, right? She still wants revenge against Abby. Then, so like there, there are three times when like this is really called into questions when, when, when Ellie has like big character moments and she keeps going on the revenge route, revenge route every single time. Then when she has Abby down, the thing that changes her mind is she remembers Joel. 
Yep. So and that's and that's what people are justifying to say she had a big character change and she forgave Abby. And I'm like, no, she didn't. She didn't forgive Abby. That was not shown at yeah, all. So no. like the the thing that changed her mind is something that happened before the game started, something we the player did not experience, something right. that she didn't experience through her journey. If if you look at, you know, a very similar story, obviously Abby's side of the story. Abby has a character arc. She has a change of character. It's it's a little trite and weak, but very forced too. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's fine. Like, you know, like the the two scars, the two sephirites that save her show her that she is fighting in a pointless war. This war of the wolves versus the sephirites. Unfortunately, that war is like a peripheral part of the video game. So like her having this character revelation doesn't factor into the thrust of the story of The Last of Us 2. But we get to go along with her character arc. Ellie, on the other hand, has a character arc that lasts about 10 seconds at the very, very end of a 20, 30 hour experience. That, That and the farm and that's it. In my opinion. But the farm doesn't change. The farm, well, but you see that she's trying to change. She's trying to live with it and trying to live without getting the revenge. I think, I think that's important because like she did, she did attempt to have the life that she envisioned with Dina at the very start of the game. Because they even talk and like, they talk about it, like Dina wanting to find a farm out in the middle of nowhere and living there with the kid, you know, whatever. The more that I've thought about it, though, so, like, a lot of the character motivations are just kind of weird to me now. So, you kind of brought it up. Be Like, Abby lets Ellie go twice. Let's not forget this. She lets her go. She spares her twice. Yes. And the exactly. second time when she meets up with it, when she confronts her at the movie theater, she literally tells Ellie to her face, I let you live and you wasted it. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, Abby, Abby got her revenge on Joel. And she lost all of her friends over it, basically, besides Manny, who was yeah. just as dark and dirty as she was. I mean, he spat on Joel when he was dead. Like, he, and and the part is part part of the problem is too is like the game never explains why any of those people have a problem with it besides being Abby's friend. Uh, well, they they did mention that they were all um, fireflies. fireflies. That's it. That's it. So these people were fireflies, and so, but you know what? That's fine because they're side characters. Yeah, yeah. They don't need, you know, uh, the story is Ellie. But they and did Abby. the they, they did the uh, the thing of like giving every one of those characters their own little story with Abby, right? Yeah. Well, no, and that's just that's just good. That's just good fleshing out side characters. I don't their, think it was their good, motivation but... to kill. Well, they they're fully realized characters. Are they? Though? They all have their <laughs> they have little their, things, they have their archetypes, right? and that's it. Yeah, and that's fine. That's that's all you need. They're side characters. We know where they're right. coming from. We know what they're about. That's that's all that matters. Um, the it's Abby and it's Abby and Ellie. That's those are the stories. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the the stories are are dumb and told poorly. Is is the is the real problem here? Like not not even to get into the intense pacing issues that the game has. There, there, are, there are so many storytelling problems with this game. And what, I, what I've been doing a lot in, in my time in between playing it is trying to understand what it is that will really define 
character motivation. And in movies, we have things called acts. You know, usually it's a three act movie, right? And first act is just set up. Second act is that journey. The third act is the resolution. And the way an act is marked is when a character makes a new decision, a turning point, right? So, you know, the classic example is Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. When Luke decides to leave the planet and become a Jedi, that's like, boom, the start of Act Two of mm -hmm. Star Wars, a turning point for the character. And so if you look at that, <laughs> there's like one that similar, exactly, there's one act in that an similar structure with Ellie. And that's it. <laughs> exactly. Ellie decides to get revenge. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. And you know what? Like revenge movies are a thing. Revenge is a thing. And and it, the whole of The Last of Us could have been about the revenge and we could have reveled in the revenge against Joel, but that's not what they were going for. See, what I think could have Ugh. fixed this game entirely. I think it's literally the mm -hmm. structure of the game. Okay. Because you kill Joel two hours into the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have no idea who Abby is, and there's no like significant build up to that moment. It just happens. And they did it for like let's be honest, it's shock value. That's what they, that's why they put that there, because they all of a sudden want you to be like, Oh shit, she killed Joel. Right. I have to go after her. But the problem is switching to Abby halfway through the game, like all you you want to do is keep going after her. And they stop it right when the momentum's growing with their confrontation so like it's so crazy too because they set up this back and forth you play a little ellie you play a little abby you play a little ellie you play a little abby if they would have kept that up like imagine if they would have killed joel at the midpoint of the game like let's say let's say we play a little bit as abby and her and her group are going after a mm -hmm. terrorist right and then we play as ellie and ellie is going after a terrorist two very similar storylines right then the midway point we find out that abby's terrorist is joel and ellie's terrorist is abby I, 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 you know what I, I mean we're getting into like what if territory but right. i think what would have worked for me is if this was Abby's revenge story, right? You start the entire game with her leading up to the killing of Joel. Yeah. You don't know you're hunting Joel until you kill him. And you're like, oh, fuck. Exactly. I just, like, what just happened? And that's when Aunt Ellie's revenge plot starts. And then you keep going. Well, that was averted expectations the right way, I think, because then you connect. Well, you connect with you know, Abby. You're you're like you're like okay, I like this character. I like her motivation. She's going after this bad dude. Oh fuck, that bad dude's Joel. <laughs> Joel oh, Joel did a really bad thing yeah. in the first game. That is that like exactly, and they cocked it all up. The, you know, you know, another uh, fun place they could have gone with this. Uh, this is just me having all sorts of fun. There, there was a great uh, comic series called Born. Mm -hmm. And the Born, it takes place during the Vietnam War, and it's all about this one soldier who is like the best soldier, and he just has a lust to kill, and he doesn't want Vietnam to be over <laughs> because he really enjoys killing. And uh, we, we get like near the end of it, and he's fighting all these battles, and he's losing, and he just wants to fight more, and he actually makes a deal with the devil. Let me have an endless war because like he's just like a terrible person who only wants to kill. And as it turns out, Bourne was a sneaky prequel to The Punisher. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And so like this soldier just wanted an endless war and that's how he, that's what he got. So like, imagine this, right? Imagine the entire game is the exact same. And then Ellie um, kills Abby. 
Ellie does it. She kills Abby, and then all of a sudden, like, rattlers start coming down to the beach that you're on. And, like, maybe, like, they're all in pain. Some of them are on fire because, you know, you cause a disturbance with these <laughs> bad guys. And Ellie just cocks her shotgun and goes on a murder rampage because Ellie is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been awesome if it was just like this descent into her being like i am a loner i am a killer this is who i am like and her accepting that that would have been gorgeous all right so getting back to our my original point then did her journey to you have a point by the end of it if it did have a point it was not shown to me yeah right and and that's what so that's the problem i have with a lot of the comments telling me i'm wrong it's like yeah. okay you can you can think that ellie grew as a character and you can think that she let abby go because she forgave her but the game doesn't show you that mm-hmm. right and that's not just that's not just the game saying oh it's an ending leave it up in the air it's the game failing to deliver those character moments that make it like come together to make sense any sort Absolutely. of sense so like in my mind like she just gave up killing abby she saw joel and said this isn't worth it anymore i'm done that's it and she let her go yeah so like i and to me like that's that's fine that's interesting i guess you know i like and i still i still like the like, it's not interesting because there's no build-up to it there was nothing leading up to her letting abby go well again that is that her just giving up is i think the interesting subverting of expectations of just being done with it right but that, why but that's but that's, that's but that's up like to that's, your interpretation that's subverting that's, no that's subverting expectations just for the sake of subverting i, expectations. I agree i'm there just saying was... personally i found it kind of interesting <laughs> like to the point where i wanted to think about it more and i don't understand and now that i have thought about it more it's like well yeah you're right it doesn't make sense <laughs> no it's just it's just frustrating it's just there because that was the ending they wrote they're they're yeah they're like the, the saddest part of it is like Ellie's left with nothing at the end of the game just absolutely nothing and even well, and somebody actually did bring up an interesting comment and another thing like Dina was like safe at that house with her kid and just to prove a point to Ellie she left <laughs> like what no and and, and you know something there there like I said there are some really neat writing elements in here and I might be reading too hard into it but you know when Ellie comes back to the farmhouse and it's all emptied out she starts to play the guitar Ellie is now uh, Ellie got two of her fingers bitten off and like her playing the guitar is her like connection yep. to Joel which has literally been severed which is really neat. That's a really artistic take. What does it mean? I don't know because their relationship was wibbly wobbly and like her connection to Joel was also Abby. So is that the severing of her fingers, the severing of uh... And then and then she never she never got to actually reconcile with Joel like she wanted to and and it's like No, but actually here's the thing. She did though. I take that final flashback. That final flashback uh, shows Ellie talking with Joel and saying, hey, I'm not good with you yet, but I'm willing, I'm willing to, to try. That is a reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to try. That That is a reconciliation. That is her saying, we can work on this. I, again, I think I think that would have been some more powerful if we had seen the fruits of that a little bit. Because again, she's left with nothing at the end of it. Just that. <laughs> and... 
like part of me is okay with that. Like part I'm of okay me is that. even like like she she actually walks back into the woods like away from Jackson. We can only assume Jackson is out the front gate and that the back gate is away from Jackson. That's at least what I assume. Um, and so like she she is walking away from society. Like I said, if you want to make a dark character turn, which I'm all about, I'm all about like mm -hmm. the villainous turn. Like if you've ever seen the movie Nightcrawler, yes, I love I that recommend movie. it. Yes, like show me why you're an evil person. Like she rejects society and just wants to be a psychopath. That would have been great, but that's also not the message. Like it's so wishy-washy. Is there a message? Is am I am I wrong in saying there's no message in this game? The we we get There's hints of it. Some so like here's so here's the thing. The first Abby mm -hmm. Ellie fight. Abby wins. Yep. Right? Abby wins because at that point she had reconciled with her past. We get like the yep. Abby dream sequences where she sees her father dies. She sees her father died. She sees the two Sephirites hanging and then she sees her father in a glowing light. She, that is visual representation that she has moved on. And that's why she gets to win her fight mm -hmm. with Ellie. She and and she lets Ellie go. She has grown as a character. So like there's part of Abby's story which in general I I liked I, I, I it was simple but I liked Abby's story actually I think I think Abby's story was pretty good and actually surprisingly the stronger part of the game yeah because you said that earlier and I kind of like eh, and I thought about it more like yeah you're right I don't think her character was that great but her storyline <laughs> was pretty good I, you know I I even liked her as a character I first of all I don't know what it says about me but like I loved playing as Lady Rambo. <laughs> Like, you know, just this buff, strong individual with a with a crossbow. I played as Abby more aggressively than I played as Ellie for some reason. You were meant to. Huh? They gave you the tools to do it. They do. Oh, and I liked like I I did much less sneaking with Abby. I was more run and gun. Yeah, the the sequence of Abby turned into The Last of Us Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> and Abby has the best fight in the entire game her versus the rat king like that giant like alpha mutant was awesome that was an awesome fight amazing monster design this like play-doh mushed together of a ton of different zombies chasing you you're not sure if you're supposed to run away or get into an actual fight with it fantastic fight yeah so there are actually parts <laughs> of the game you enjoyed <laughs> there, there were parts of the game, but they were buried in there, buried, buried deep. I think we've said all we really have to say about the story. Like, I, no, I don't think there's much more to say there. Here's one more note yeah. that I would like to okay. make, which is Naughty Dog has a character problem. Yes. Naughty Dog writes one character. Joel is an emotionally distant, selfish asshole at the beginning of the first game. And by the end of it, he's a slightly less emotionally distant, selfish asshole. Ellie is an emotionally distant, selfish asshole, and by the end of the second game, she's even more selfish and more of an asshole and more emotionally distant. Abby starts the game as an emotionally distant, selfish <laughs> asshole and ends the game slightly less so. Like they they have a they write one character and that's it. I think you can look at a lot of their games and that's their character and they need to they need to diversify in character, not just physical appearance. Yeah, I guess Nathan Drake's kind of <laughs> like that too. <laughs> Until the fourth game. 
I just like I, what, what I want to say is also like what a miserable and dour experience it was. I like, was okay by the with end that. of it. I by the end of it, by the end of the game, you are playing as Ellie and you are beating the life out of Abby. Abby has been clearly tortured by these rattlers, and I did not want to do it. I in fact tried not to fight, and Ellie got killed as a punishment in the game. I hate that they made me do that as a character. I did not want that story. To they wanted you to t they wanted to tell. <laughs> Their, their story. Not yes, yours. and and <laughs> and I disliked yep. it. I think it was a bad story told poorly. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame how that story turned out. I for whatever reason I still like the game. I think I I don't you know it might not be the story that I really liked, but I, you know I just I like that world. I like the most of the characters. The, no, who knows? I, I don't even know. I can't even explain why I like the game anymore. <laughs> I think my, my favorite part of the game was the combat, honestly. Like that's what kept me going through yeah. it. And like I think, yeah, I think so, uh, it was pretty solid. I think they did a really good job improving that one over the Last of Us one because a lot of people mm -hmm. are coming and saying it's it's complete trash. I'm like, no, the game's not trash. It's pretty damn good. And there's some of that. Some of those combat sections, especially if you play it on the harder difficulties, are like really, really tense, and I love it. No, there there's some fun to have in there. It felt really good going up against the Rattlers, just having a universally ubiquitous bad guy. Uh, same thing actually with the Sephirites, like creepy religious mm -hmm. cult trying to force children into marriage. Yes, I would like to yeah. kill them. Thank the, you. Uh, <laughs> I, I made, a, I made a tweet after I finished it and, and seeing like uh, there's a couple of YouTubers that do like really cool gifts of like really cool stylish moments they have in the game mm. naughty dog probably could make a good john wick game Ooh, yeah and then you don't need a whole oh. lot of character development you can do this <laughs> just, just oh someone killed your dog that's you it gotta, you gotta shoot Let's a go. bunch of people <laughs> like you don't need to make the story complicated just have a really bad guy and then let us have fun killing well, them. i always Wouldn't that i be always go back like <laughs> my thinking on the last was part two and why i kind of said it didn't have a point is when i go back mm. and think about how like literally the creators of the original Last of Us said there doesn't need to be a part two. We don't need to do a sequel. We told the story we wanted to tell with the characters, and then this is an add-on, and this is what you get. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, they, you said it yourselves. You set yourselves up for this, I guess. You know. <laughs> I, you know. I think there there were there were nuggets of potential in there. there oh, there's plenty buried in committee thing yeah well again like i was saying in the first part of this bruce straley was part of the original development of last of us one i think neil Druckmann had full creative control over this and nobody told him no and that's why you got all this fluff because all of his ideas are oh, into one so package cool. and it just didn't work just 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 cut you could cut out half of this game make this game half the runtime it would be it would be so much better <laughs> I, I like I wasn't totally on board with the criticisms like the first two hours because when you guys are streaming it and then when you're actually watching somebody play it and you're not immersed in it yourself it's like okay this goes on forever until something happens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay when I'm playing it but if I'm watching somebody play it ugh. right also you know one one final note in both of these games I wish we wouldn't have had crafting this is this is like a really minor like off their note but in, in a game that's all about like survival and like getting through by the skin of your teeth there shouldn't be a system that makes you feel more powerful you know so like the pills that you do to like upgrade yourself or like the crafting you do to make your weapons better i don't think any of that should be in there 
if you want to have that tension, if you want to have it so like you really feel like you are getting by by the skin of your teeth. That's very minor, like just a, a brainchild of mine. But I think it's out of place in this world. Yeah. So, you know, that's all. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we get to talk about it like this because the rest of the discourse is yucky. <laughs> It is, but you know, like like I said, there's some good parts. Um, there's, I think, more bad parts, and I think the, it's very. The, this one is very easy to see why the story fell apart, and I don't know, gets people thinking about story structure. So maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, at first, I thought it was divisive for the right reasons, and the more I've thought about it, I'm like, eh, not, maybe not so much. But and like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't hate the game. I. I still liked it mm. for what it was, and I do. <laughs> That's fine. Like, yeah, you, uh, yeah, we can have different yeah. opinions. That's so, fine. Yeah. I I still like Naughty Dog. <laughs> I still like their games. So, you know, I'm not gonna. Oh, I don't. Not, not gonna shit on them too hard. A little bit. Oh, I know you I'm will. All over the place. <laughs> Here's a bag. Light it on fire. Stomp that out, Naughty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right, so that was it. That was uh, our big thoughts on The Last of Us 2. We can now stop talking about The Last of Us 2. Part 2. <sighs> I just, I just, I feel such a relief. Well. I feel like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to play next. Maybe back to Skyrim. Maybe we'll just see. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima comes out next week. Ooh, that'll be fun. That's a new thing. We can have fun with the new thing. It's Assassin's Creed or whatever it looks like. With a good story, though, because Assassin's Creed stories suck now. So that's it. That was this Escape Show. We're done. We're done with it all. We've purged it from our systems. Thank you so much for watching. Once again, I've been Jack Packard, semi-professional video game enjoyer. And I'm Nick Calendra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist, and I believe in the beginning of this episode I said, help me decide on a name for my new podcast. And good news is, in the two days that's been since, I have now discovered a name for my podcast, which you will learn more about soon. Discovered it. Are you done?